0: Hi mamas, welcome back to another episode of A Mama Like Me, which to me is just the place where us mums can get together to hold a safe space for each other as we navigate this motherhood journey and everything that life throws at us. So today I have another guest. I have the lovely I'm gonna call you by your Instagram name because that's what <laughs> you're gonna use, okay. aren't you? <laughs> a, a line with Aaliyah. Um and so to start would you mind just introducing yourself for the listeners, who you are, what you do, and who you're a mama to?
1: Brilliant, of course. Hi. Thanks for having me first off. Um, my name's Aaliyah, um, and I run the platform Align with Aaliyah. Um, I'm a nurse by background, or soon to qualify, should I say. Mm-hmm. And I'm mommy to Zanikle. Um and yeah, that's me.
0: How old is Zaniko now? Uh
1: Zuniko's four. Okay. So he's just started reception. Just oh, started...
0: no! So did yeah. you think he just started reception uh, in September?
1: Yes, in September. So he's just finished his first term in school.
0: Oh, and has it been?
1: It's been did... really good. Um, he, he, like, at the start, he never cried once. He was more than happy to go. We kind of had a conversation about what school is and mm. how, like, he dropped and picked up. Um, but... And, like, last week, he literally had a full-blown meltdown at school and I had to go to work. And I was honestly in the mindset of, if he doesn't settle down, we're going back home, me and you together. I'm not sure how we're explaining it to the school. Yeah. And I'm not sure how we're explaining it to work. But I'm not allowed... I'm not about to let you be upset when you're such a bubbly child, like, yeah. something uh, in you sort of thing. I thought, let me just give him some time because maybe he's a bit tired, didn't want to wake up, it was cold. Mm. Um, So I just called the school and they were like, no, he's happy as anything, like, he's completely fine. I was like, "Okay, I've got peace of mind now. Yeah. Probably just having a moment. Um, But, yeah, that was really tough and I just, I give all the kudos to the mum, mum's that the children cry every single day. Yeah.
0: Was his breakdown at home or when you got to school?
1: No, when we was in the playground, he started to get a little bit upset, and I was just like, oh, like, you probably just missed me a little bit extra today. Yeah. Back to that, love. Oh. I know! And then as we got closer to the school, at the doors, it was just getting worse and worse and worse, and they literally had to cling him off me, and then maybe come inside the classroom oh. and look around and everything, and mm. nothing was just working. So in the end, they literally just had to cling him off me. And I just had such major mom guilt, because I yeah. just thought, surely that is just, not okay surely we shouldn't do that but yeah like it's normalized whether like just go he'll be fine yeah but in my mind I was that seems like trauma to me yeah that seems like I'm traumatizing my kiddo did you get emotional
0: did you get emotional did you cry I was
1: really sad and I was like really trying to fight back the tears because I didn't want him to know that I was upset as well because it just seemed doubly wrong if I was crying
0: too yeah
1: so yeah that was really challenging um and I just thought I'd kind of missed it all by him being really, like, chill about going to school. So I didn't anticipate that that would happen, and that was a lot.
0: Yeah. Did he go to nursery before he went to school?
1: Yeah, he went to nursery. Um, it was, like, a little... It was more like a child, mind It was, like, very much like a little family-run, tiny class of children okay. in like, like, a little local... Um, you sent that, so it was just very intimate. It wasn't,
0: like, very lack of. It was informal, so do you think maybe, yeah. like, the formalness of school and it being yeah. so much bigger and there's older kids and there's so much more people, yeah. do you think that's maybe, like... Because he's such a sweet and soft little boy, isn't he? So do you think it's um, maybe been a bit intimidating for him? Was it... Has he started doing this since half-term? Um, yeah, S- So S- it's like half-term. he had a break from it. And then going back, has he started to be like this?
1: Yeah. And I think maybe part of it is like sometimes it literally breaks my heart because he is so unaware to the world. And I know like most children are, but then you get a few children that are quite cleared up. And Ziniko just thinks that like, everybody is as beautiful and as kind as him. So oh. when he comes home and he's like, Oh, like mommy today, like the children were, they were all running away from me. And, and mm. I just wanted to give them a hug. And I was like, Oh. Please don't break my heart, because I will be fuming at school gates. Yeah, he just doesn't understand like the whole concept of you know he's being a bit nasty, even in Inception sort of thing. He just thinks we well, all here as a big family, because he says, "Do they like do the teachers live at school? Should we live at school? Like, oh,
0: blessed one big family." Mom. Yeah. I mean,
1: so when he does come across that kind of and I know he doesn't necessarily understand the words, it's more energetically he can sense the kind of intention behind another child's behaviour towards him. Mm. And I think he thinks I don't understand why they're acting like that because I thought we're supposed to love each other yeah. sort of thing. So yeah, it is really hard kind of explaining to him that the, the bubble that you're in isn't necessarily the real world, but kind of also breaking it to a four year old in a way that's friendly to them and not traumatic. Yeah. And it's also letting them know.
0: Kids do have bad intentions too. Yeah. Sort of thing. yeah. And maybe he's just like a little bit spiritual like you. So he's sensitive yeah. to other people's energies. And I know he's only four, but you you are quite in tune with him in that way. So and the world is scary though, isn't it? And not yeah. everyone is gonna be nice all the time. Like But I do understand because my daughter, she's really extroverted, so even if kids weren't being she just shrugs it off. She don't care. She'll just say it matter of fact. Whereas, like, yeah. someone like Zeniko is probably taking it to heart blessing, but oh, I hope he gets over it soon. Like, when they're that young, school is still supposed to be fun for them isn't it like he hasn't even reached all the tests and all that horrible stuff it should still be like a little bit of a play for him especially in reception so I, I hope he gets to settle in soon bless him because it is really hard as a mum leaving them um yeah I used to hate that when Leigh used to go nursery you feel like a terrible person I used to cry on my way to work yeah. so many times because I used to f- just think why am I going to work like she should be at home with me but Unfortunately, this is the way of the world. We've got to go to work. So, okay, so Zunico is four. So how would you describe your journey into motherhood? So take us back to the beginning of when you had your son and what your journey has looked like along the way.
1: Um, That's a really interesting question, to be honest. And I think motherhood for me, my perception of it was completely different, I think, to what it turned out to be. And i really really was clouded by like this ideology of like love and happiness um and i didn't really deep how much goes into being a parent and how much it kind of take, takes away from you
0: yeah
1: um at that time i was more in the mindset of uh, you know i thought i was in a happy and loving relationship and that i just had so much love to give i thought what better way to give love to give it to a child your own child so that was kind of what fueled me wanting to have a baby um, so young um falling pregnant at 18 having them at 19 um but for the first two years i was literally in a complete trance of him i was i didn't even like recognize my own name at times i just knew myself as zinico's mom zinico's mom and i wasn't anything else i was i was nothing else if I wasn't his mom, yeah. and I think after those first two years when he started to get a little bit more independent and I you know um my relationship broke down and I moved out I was really faced with some real tough questions about who I was because I had no idea yeah I had like zero clue and I think because I was young I was I thought I'd found myself and who I was at 18 I was quite sure of who I was mm-hmm. I was quite confident and I thought I was big I really thought I was grown and once I'd left and moved out of the house and got my own place, I think that was when I was really like, well, I don't even know, like, even little things like what other scheme I like in the house or yeah. what music I want to listen to. I just had no idea who I was and I think part of that did make me feel a little bit resentful to becoming a parent because I was just like, I've lost who I am and I don't know how to find her
0: Yeah.
1: and the only thing that I know like who I am in this world is to be your mom, But, what about when you are like really grown and you move out of this house? I'm gonna completely not know who I am. So I've kind of made it a mission. Although like I'm gonna be the best parent to you as I can be, I also need to find out who I am because if I don't, this could really lead me down a spiral, like rabbit hole of unhealthy, you know, thoughts and mental health, because at the end of the day, knowing who you are is like what brings somebody like the most peace and the yeah. most comfort. Then being sure of themselves. So um, it was really difficult. and I did feel like I was on my own, even though in theory I wasn't. But like, realistically, I was because when it comes to parenting, it I did feel like it was me and me only kind of caring for him and having this kind of perception of making sure that he is like the safest, safest, happiest baby ever. Yeah. Um, that was really tough as well. Um, but I did really enjoy those first two years. It was like a little bubble mm. um, coming out. Definitely, really scary, and I think me and Senico shared such a um, a bond. In like, I would read his energy in a room, and if he didn't like it, I would make my mind up I didn't like it. I would go off the way that he interacted with people because he was so good at picking up the bad from bunches. Um, So yeah, it was just me and him against the entire world for those first two years, and I was really, really just like dotted with this little baby.
0: Yeah, looking at. So yeah. So, like, when it came to... Because I can really relate to that. Because the first... I'd say the first year and a half to two years, I was just completely lost in the trenches of motherhood. Like, especially... Because I was older than you. But (laughs) I was 23 when I had... Hold on one moment. Yeah, so I can really relate to that because the first year and a half to two years I was really just lost in motherhood because I wasn't as young as you but I feel like I was so I was like 23 when I had my eldest and I know that maturity wise I was not ready to be a mother at that point like it's interesting when you were saying like you come to the realization that who even am I aside from being a mother so like I don't feel like I truly knew who I was before I became a mother. And I just feel like when you do become a parent, because it's mother or father, I think, with this, it really humbles you because you realise, okay, um, I'm not perfect and not everything is about me anymore. And I always say, like, when you become a parent, that individual you were before you became a parent, that, that person's life got put on pause, it's paused and you started a new one now because you are now responsible for another human but that doesn't mean that you should let go of your identity outside being that mother or father but it definitely does mean that your life has to change as a result of that and I feel like I've always described it as when I've had because I feel like it's happened both times that I've had my kids is that I've been reborn because I've had to shed that old way of thinking and that old way of living because now it requires more. It requires me to level up. It requires me to improve even more because parenthood really does highlight to you where (laughs) all your flaws, your wounds, your traumas, if you're doing it correctly... It's literally like holds up a mirror and you think to yourself, actually, is the way I am good for my kids? Is the way I am going to impact how they become who they need to become? So, you know, at that beginning part, did you experience anything like postnatal depression or was it more just the adjustment of having to find who Aaliyah is
1: Um, I didn't per se suffer with um, postnatal depression, but what I do remember reading about and being absolutely horrified nobody ever told me is, I think it's called like the baby blues. Yes, yes. And I just remember for a week straight being so sad, crying a lot, and I was in the hospital for the first five days and um, Zaniko's dad didn't stay with me any of those days, so it was just me and him, even yeah. at the beginning, at the very beginning. So Nico had done this, and he's completely fine now. Um, but for those first five days, like, the first two days, I'm just, like, still waking up from this coma of pushing out a baby. Yeah, yeah, And
0: yep. then
1: after, yeah. And then after that, I was just like, obviously, this is my first time doing it, and no matter how much you read and try to prepare, I still feel like I had no clue what to do, and then on top of that, I'm reading about something called baby blues, and this is explaining why I feel so sad and feel so lost and feel so alone. Mm-hmm. But I think it was it was fueled with so much ammunition by like Nicole's dad not staying with me when he probably could have. Yeah. And I think he was kind of battling with the thoughts of, oh my God, like I've I've got another baby now, sort of thing.
0: Yeah. But
1: that made me feel alone and on top of those baby blues, it really did get quite difficult and I think it was only until I came out of the hospital and then I was surrounded by family when I kind of slowly kind of went into the shadows and disappeared and it wasn't no no longer a factor. Mm. It was really difficult to deal with those emotions when you get this terrible guilt of feeling like you should be so happy because your baby's just born. But I think the baby is obviously something that most women go through because it's a huge hormonal Like balance and change, so I just don't know why that isn't spoken about more, because it is something to be wary of, and it's something that is completely normal, but yeah, I definitely found that was quite difficult to handle, and I was a bit scared about how long it was going to last, but thankfully, it didn't last long at all. Do
0: you know what, it's so true, because I feel like it's something that should be expected, so it's Mm -hmm. something that should be explained to all pregnant women, that, do you know what, that first... Six weeks, six to eight weeks, which, as I mentioned in the episode with Tisha, is still not long enough. But that that six to eight weeks, you're going to be all over the place. And it's perfectly normal, but you're going to feel like a train's hit you physically. You're going to feel deplo- de- deploted? depleted emotionally. Mm-hmm. And mentally... <laughs> It's a roller coaster because it's literally normal. It's it should be expected to happen because ultimately all your hormones need to get back to where they need to be. You've gone yeah. through a traumatic experience because even if you had the perfect birth, it's still a traumatic thing to do. Like I can't even remember what was on the other day, but someone was giving birth on the TV. Yeah, it was loving hip hop. Excuse my ratchetness, but I'll be re-watching all of the Love and Hip Hop uh, Atlanta. And Jocelyn was giving birth, yeah. And Jocelyn was like, I can't do it, I can't do it. Like, it was, and I was like, no, 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 no. I had to fast forward because all I could think was, nah, because that, you see when you, first of all, contractions are no joke anyway. But you see when you get to that part when you have to start pushing, if I uh. even think about that part, my my womb wants to drop out because I just I've, obviously it's still fresh for me like <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> it was only yeah. eight months ago and I'm just like nah because I remember in that moment feeling like it's gonna sound so extreme to say I feel like I want to die but I was just feeling like this is not physically yeah. possible like how am I feeling this much pain and it's yeah. mad because once the baby's out They say, oh, you know, you forget about it. I haven't forgot about that yet. And I think it's going to stay with me for a while because it's going to keep reminding me that I don't want no more babies. Um, But then, on top of that, it's like you then are expected to go home the same day and look after that baby and look after that child. It's wild to me. I mean, wild... (laughs) And I remember being at home that night just thinking, what the hell just happened? And it is a massive adjustment. It's a life-changing event. And I think because everyone just pops out babies, it's something that's so normal. But uh-huh. the actual experience of doing it, you know, it's not normal. And you are going to feel like you've made a big ma- big mistake at some point. But you haven't. And that part passes if it doesn't pass, you get help and you get through it. But I agree, it's something that, because even though I'd had a baby before and I had been through this before, um, depression-wise, I still was like, what? What just happened? Because with my firstborn, how long how long um, after Sunika was born did you and his father break up?
1: To be honest, the relationship... To be honest, I was six months pregnant, realising that I'd messed up. Oh, yeah. Realising... So <laughs> yeah, realising I was like, OK, cool.
0: It's not what you thought it was going to be.
1: I thought I was having the baby with my Prince Charming, and now I'm, I'm actually not. Yeah. This is a bit wild. And I think from six months, I started to really get about me and my baby. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, although we were still together, I was more concerned for me and my baby. That was it. Mm. At six months, I really, really got something. something. It was like a light bulb moment, and it was really sad, but I was really glad that it happened then. And not later down the line, I wanted to be aware as soon as possible. And obviously, I did also feel a little bit like, being 18 and he was 21, I think, I just thought, surely you should have known better with, like, your three years extra onto me. mm mm-hmm. This probably wasn't the smartest decision that we made in terms of we hadn't even been together that long. I'm talking a matter of, like, months, like, maybe three months before we decided we wanted to have a baby together. Yeah. And I just think, you, know, you have known better, like, what, what did I miss out on? What did you see that made you so sure that you wanted to have a baby with me? Like, in the end, it's turning out that it was all a bit of a a rush and probably not the smartest decision that we made. Um, So, yeah, but then at, like, six months old, it was very rocky. I was in and out of the house, to be honest. I was in and out of hostels Mm -hmm. um, just because of the sheer dynamic of the relationship that was so unhealthy. I would move out and go into a hostel and it would be so disgustingly dirty and horrible yeah. that I would, like, anything to be better than this and I'd go back. Yeah. Um, and i probably two or three times. So the relationship was really... Just, it was it was finished before Zaniko was even born, but I think I hung him there for, like, a solid two years. Um, and then when he was two, the ties were really, like, properly severed mm-hmm. um, and we were, like, broken up and I knew at that point that we would never, ever be back together. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah, I think I really, really, really tried to make it all that because not only was it sad that I was having a relationship breakup and that it was with the father of my child, it was also breaking down the limiting beliefs and the ideologies that I'd created in my head since I was a little girl that I was going to have that traditional nuclear happy family.
0: Yeah. And that was really
1: difficult because even to this day, I still suffer with accepting. This is my life and it didn't go the way that I had planned, And I find it really, really difficult to turn to the fact that I don't have, you know, I'm not married and I am not husband and wife and then we had children. I was so clouded by all of this love that I had built for my body for so many years. From from when I was a child, I'd never been able to express to anybody because I didn't feel it was safe enough. Yeah. And then I met this man that made me feel like it was safe enough and I just literally completely offloaded all of my love and to him and yes. anything that he could possibly create. And it was really, really traumatizing when I realised that I'd got it I'd wrong. got it all
0: wrong. Yeah.
1: And really, really hard. And like I said, to this day I still battle with knowing. And I feel like I feel like I failed Zemiko as well <gasps> by not no. giving to him.
0: And did you know what, this is such an, impo- such an important yeah. conversation because there's probably countless moms out there in similar situations where it hasn't worked out with, you know, the father of their child or even dads, you know, it hasn't worked out with the mother of their child. The thing is, yeah. especially when you have kids young, like yeah. I was 23, um, and we had been on and off for five or six years. And even though I already knew, before, I take accountability for before I got pregnant, I knew that this wasn't a great relationship. But like you, because w- 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 basically you're out there searching for the love that you need to give to yourself. Yeah. So because you haven't felt that love, you go into the mode of trying to love everybody else. And you, ah. and you think by doing that, you're going to get that love back. But that's not how it works. And so I was young and naive, just like you, and thought that, okay, this time's going to be different and we're going to have a happy ever-ending and we're going to be a little family. And something happened halfway through my pregnancy and it's like the universe was like, I told you. I told you that this was going to happen. I've shown you that this is the pattern. So now you're going to have to live with this and deal with it. And so I feel like I... have went into depression during my pregnancy so then add on having the baby and the natural hormonal shift that happens in you that makes you feel that way then our relationship still deteriorating because being a ba- having a baby being a baby having a baby don't solve nothing in fact it only makes the holes bigger yeah so I tried for as long as I could I think when we first broke up, our eldest was only eight months old. We got back together briefly after she turned one for a couple of months, and then the pattern was happening again. And we mutually decided this isn't this isn't what we want anymore, so we mutually split ways. And she was only what one and a couple of months, so for ages I used to have this guilt that you know. I came from a home where my mum and dad were married. And just like you, I assumed... Well, not assumed. I thought, once you're in a loving relationship, that's what happens. You get married, you have babies, you live happily ever after. It's a very childish way of thinking. (laughs) Um, That's what I thought. And so I used to beat myself up for a long time. That, That didn't happen for me. Then as well as her dad then moved on. I started another family and then I had to battle for a long time with she's got a family over there but it's just me and her when she's with me yeah. and I'm not giving yeah. her that that 2.4 household I'm having to sometimes work two jobs to pay for everything here and she's yeah. at breakfast club and after school club because it's just me here and I can't be at the school gates and that mum guilt ate me up and really broke me down but mm-hmm. it's a ridiculous ideology because at the end of the day, you're perfectly capable of creating a safe and loving home for your child without the mother or the dad being there. If the mother or the dad being there is creating a toxic household, yeah. So you did the right thing leaving, it was the right yeah. thing to end those relationships. Yes, it means we split the household up, but we have to take accountability for the fact. This shouldn't have been the situation in the first place, however, uh-huh. that doesn't take away from the hard work you're doing after that. You're not any yeah. less you're not any less of a mother because you're a single mother. You're not any less of a parent because it's a singular parent household. and it's all about who you are as a person and the parent that you are to that child. Sets them up more than if they had a mum and dad in the house. You can have a mum and dad in the house that are not present for their children, that are not spending time with them, that don't create a safe space for them to self-soothe and regulate their emotions. They can't talk to you about anything. And on paper, that's a a better household because there's a mum and dad in there. No, it isn't. It's about you. And so you have to commend yourself because you're 24 now you know, you've been in the trenches and you've been making it through. Your son is such a lovely, soulful little boy. Do you think he would be like that if you weren't an amazing mother? Do you think it matters to Zaniko that you're a single mother?
1: He probably enjoys coming back. I do.
0: Literally,
1: literally, like the dynamic you said, I, I mean, everything from the Bedford Club to the family on the other side, I know Zanico, obviously, he goes to his dad's house and his dad's got a partner and they've just had a baby and he's got his older brother there and then they've got um, a stepsister from the dolphin side that's also quite young. So it is very probably like lively in their household. Um, I know Zanico comes here and the one day he walked to the doors and he went, ah, home sweet home. Because I know oh. he just thought, finally, like.
0: Because that's the environment that's, you have created yeah, for him.
1: Like, peace and obviously he is the centre of everybody's world in my family um, and obviously having my sister live with me as well he's the centre of both of our worlds consistently so I know there he probably gets that like family vibe, fun sort of thing, I know here he gets more of that intimate
0: grounding
1: questions that I know I'm not like, asked like yep. how are you or like he openly you know we openly discuss his emotions and he'll say you know mom I'm feeling a bit sad at the moment and I just want you to, like, play with my toys with me so maybe I'll feel a bit happy. And he, even he's trying to come up with solutions for his emotions to regulate them. Do you know what I mean? You know like, how beautiful
0: that's that is? And you created that? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. You created that despite the mum guilt of going to work, of being on your own, of struggling, of trying to find yourself, of working on yourself. Like, that is so important. Cause yeah, that- I think
1: part of it... I think part of it comes from... Um, like with Sonico e. being so open is I, I growing up I wasn't the kind of kid to focus my emotions I always internalized everything and like you said kids being really highlight parts of us that need to be improved and one thing that I thought myself is if I'm not open with my child how can my child be open with me how are they going to know it's a, a safe uh, non-judgmental place to express your emotions Ain't heard anybody else do it and realize that it's safe for them to do it. So let me try, sort of thing. So, it's an eco. I do try and be as open as I can be with how I'm feeling, with, with how a four year old can interpret it. Mm-hmm. And I think him watching me do it and noticing that maybe I feel a bit better for just letting him know, like, you know, is not having the best day today, or mum has got a lot of things to do, and it's, I'm quite busy. And, or if I'm feeling a bit sad, just saying, I feel a bit sad today because of this, and, and it's okay. And, you know, he always says, like, if I kiss your heart, better, will it get that's a sort of thing. And I know he do you know what I mean? And yeah. I know he sees me expressing myself and he's thinking, Well, I know mommy feels better when she expresses to herself. So if I'm feeling something, let me just tell her and see how it goes, sort of thing. And I know he's building up that kind of emotional intelligence because because he's realizing expressing and that kind of cliche of a problem chair, there's a problem path is a real, real thing.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Yes. And that is so undervalued, teaching your children emotional intelligence. And it's mad because it's the same, Well, it used to be the same. Still kind of the same, but when she used to go to her dad's, like, that's fun time. They're always out doing things. She's got her siblings over there. Well, it was just one sibling at the time. So then when she used to come home, because it would just be me and her, she'd be like, Ugh, I just need some alone time in my room. Yeah. I just need quiet time. And like, even because we have a little nighttime routine um, where brush our teeth, wash our face, cream our face. Then we do her reading before bed and then cuddles before we leave her to go sleep. And, like, that would be the time where I'd ask little questions or just ask her, you know, are you happy? Is there anything I'm doing that's making you unhappy or anything I could be doing to make you happier? Like, little questions like that. And so she has developed the relationship with me where she can be open and honest with me and she can tell me, like, well, actually, mom, this is upsetting me. Like, the last thing I remember... Not long ago, she was like, "Mom, it makes me sad how you wake me up in the morning. You tell me to get up, but then I hear you going to uh, Skylar's room and you'll be all like, good morning. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, when I come to wake you up... <laughs> I'm waking you up for a good five minutes, hon. Like, you know when you first go in and you're like, morning, I'll be like, morning, time to wake up. That's how it starts. Five minutes later, you're making us late. And I'm like, can you get up, please? Like, you're making us late. But that's not a nice way to wake up really, is it? And I had to take that out and reflect and be like, you know what, I'm sorry. I will try harder to be more gentle in the morning. And I said to myself... I need to get up a little bit earlier so that we've got the wiggle room for her to not get up straight away, so that I'm not rushing her and waking her up aggressively. And even though it didn't feel nice for her to tell me, you know, this is making me sad, what you're doing, I was so grateful that she could say that to me and I can make a change rather than her internalising that unhappiness and acting out in different ways or never being able to advocate for herself and speaking up and saying, this is making me unhappy. Yeah, and definitely. my eldest is definitely not shy in letting you know <laughs> if you're not doing <laughs> something. <laughs> but I know when I was a child, I would never dream of telling my mum and dad how I feel or if they were doing something that would make me feel some kind of way. So it's a testament to the job we're doing as mothers and you have to be proud um, of yourself for that. Um. So with that, how would you describe your parenting style? Um, And how would you say that that has evolved and changed as you've been... Because I would say you've been on a healing journey, haven't you, during your motherhood? Yeah, Yeah, so how would you say that that's evolved as... Not only as he's gotten older, but as you're growing and changing?
1: I would say... um, While he was really young, um, it was more just to keep the baby happy kind of vibe. Because obviously when i are really young, there isn't any kind of implementing of anything really other than like a bedtime routine and a daytime routine sort of thing. Mm. And I think it was, as he started to get older, I was already evolving and changing my kind of perspective on parenting. So maybe while he was a little bit younger, I think I was more in the mindset of like traditional parenting, but just a bit more gentle. Whereas now, I very much treat the Nicole first and foremost, as a person. Yeah. In parenting, and I secondly treat him as my child in terms of I never expect him to give me respect if he's not received it as well.
0: And yeah.
1: think with children, obviously they lead by example. So if I want something out of him, if I need him to respect me in a certain situation, I always make the effort and the emphasis on how I've respected him, so yeah. he can see kind of example and the importance of it, and kind of go through the expressions of how it makes him feel when he's yeah. respected by. I mean, even if it's like something so small, like honoring and respecting his emotions, and when he says, you know what, mom, today I'm really tired and I really just don't want to pick up my toys because it's in my household, it's very much a. I, I like him to be independent and we do things together as well. But certain things of like, I hold him accountable. If you play with your toys, you're accountable to pick them up because it was you that played with them, sort of thing. And, you know, so often as well, we will, you know, kind of dig into a game and say, you know, like, let's pick them up together or I'll time you to kind of put a positive spin on it but mm. also letting him understand the consequences of his actions in good and bad ways yep. in terms of, like, it's not a bad thing that you have to pick up your toys after you've played with them but it's the consequence of playing with them and, and that's okay, it's fine that you have to do that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I think I'm kind of like a cross between like being very much a conscious parent and trying to be as gentle as I can be but also honouring and, and accepting who I am as a person. And I'm very much, a, you know, I'm very vocal, things like that. And um, I know Ziniko appreciates that and I try to I always hold my hands up if I'm wrong. If I've yeah. made a wrong decision or if I've done something wrong, I will openly say, you know what, I'm sorry that I did that. You know, this is why I did it. I know I shouldn't have done it. And I, I will ask for forgiveness from him and ask him that you know, like, mom is still human. and I'm gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna make loads of mistakes in life, and that's okay. And you're gonna make some. You're gonna make them sometimes too. And I'm still gonna love you the same. And I hope that you still love me the same. But we're allowed to be hey, upset at each other. If I've said you need to do something that you don't wanna do, or I've done something that's upset you, like it's about obviously communicating how that's made you feel sort of thing. And that's kind of how my parenting is. I don't per se tell Zaniko off. Mm. I'm more kind of just discuss the decisions that he's made and help him see if it was beneficial to him or not, or if it was the smartest decision out of all of the ones that he could have made. Um, but it's really difficult because me and Zaniko have this kind of relationship where he really is my best friend and I don't see too much of, um, like, a chore to, like be a mum to him, i we really are best friends. So it's sometimes finding that balance between, okay, I know what best is, but yeah. like I'm so still your mom at the same yeah. time. Sometimes we get we kind of get caught between the crossfire of genuinely being best friends, even though he's four, yeah. and also me having to implement boundaries and rules because I'm his mum, but also implementing those boundaries and rules so he understands what it's like for people to respect your boundaries and also how it feels for so people to not respect your boundaries and how that might make somebody else feel and being conscious of how you would appreciate people respecting your boundaries and what your boundaries look like um so yeah and that's really how a parent him, and it's definitely evolved over the years and I'm definitely far from traditional parenting um and it's just more about allowing him to be whoever he wants to be and trying mm. to project little of my beliefs and wants and um in that child needs on him as possible and kind of going with the ebbs and flows of his life and kind mm-hmm. of just being there at the behind the scenes, if there's any ever like a question or a query or a worry that we can work through together, but really allowing him to just find his own way kind of thing in the world. And he's a very well-behaved child. He's never naughty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, we all have, you know, that kind of element of being a child and being mischievous and a bit cheeky and things like that, but I feel like he's a lot happier knowing that there aren't any kind of like major structures in our life. And obviously, like we like to have a bedtime routine and you know and things like that. But there isn't anything like solid or like military in my house. It's very much we're just like free spirited and we live in a peace and happiness <laughs> and that's kind of how we do things, sort
0: of thing. No, I love it. And especially especially when you described it as you treat him as a person first and a child second. And even though I do little things like that, I've never thought about or named it in that way. And I just love it because I I shared a post the other day and when I read it, I was just like, wow, like it's so true. Like it was saying, you know, when we're tired, we don't always want to clean up after ourselves when we're feeling a certain type of way we're not always quick to say please or thank you and it was given all these examples like you know as adults we like to sleep next to someone like it was basically giving all these examples of what we as adults sometimes do and needs wants and needs that we have that we don't respect in children so like even though sometimes I've thought maybe I'm too soft, I'm an Aldi. It's like when she's in certain moods, because I'm very sensitive to her moods. I'm sensitive to everybody's moods around me. But when she's in certain moods, I won't really press her for not saying please or thank you. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: And that's just because the thing is, I get that they're children, but they're not our objects, they don't belong to us, we can't, yeah. I was explaining to my eldest last night yesterday, last night yesterday, last night, the concept of um, control, I was saying, it... so I can't remember what the example was, but she was saying she can't control herself about something, and I was saying in this lifetime, the only thing that you can control is yourself, I was like, you can't control what I do, I can't control what you do, you can't, I can't control the weather, I can't control the traffic, but what I can control is me and my reactions to it. So yeah. I was like, so this is something that you do have to learn. You are going to have to learn to control yourself. That was it. It was when we do our re- bedtime reading. She's always either trying to skip ahead to the next, talking about the next page or she's talking, she, or, she, or she's t- telling me a story. And I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, so I'm trying to be patient and listen to the story. But then I'm also like, I need you to finish reading because as well, I'm very, I have to be very conscious. This is something I've really tried to be conscious of over the last year is not imposing onto her Um, what I've got to get done. So yeah. in my mind, she's the last child I need to, you know, her sister's in bed <laughs> way before she is. My girl's bedtime is at eight, but at eight is when we start the, 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 The face routine. Then we go to Mm -hmm. bed and do the weeding. Sometimes I'm not leaving that room till 8.40. My me time is meant to start from 8 when you go to bed. (laughs) So for me, and before I can even get to me time, once you're in bed, that's when I get to shower. After I've bathed and put you both to bed, that's when I get to shower, get to put my pyjamas on and get to do whatever it is I want to do. But really, I need to ideally be in bed by like 9, half 9 anyway because my baby's waking yeah. up in the night. So it's like a battle in my head. I'm like, the longer this takes with her, the less time I'm going to get for myself. And it's finding the balance between, I'm not being selfish, but mm-hmm. I I recognise that I do need, I need some time for myself to decompress at the end of the day. If I don't, I'm not going to be a very nice mom or partner tomorrow. And not necessarily not very nice, but not the best, probably going to be snappy, probably not going to be as tolerant, probably not going to be as loving. And that's a problem. So it's trying to find the balance between, I never say the words, sometimes, because I'm only human, sometimes I'll feel myself about to say, come on, man, hurry up, like I've got, you know, I've got other things to do, but I can't say that to her because she's going to feel like oh, my time's not important with my mum because she's just yeah. doing it to rush off and do what she needs to do. So it's finding the inner strength and patience, especially at the end of a long day, to be like, yeah. come on, concentrate. So I'm saying things, like I'm trying to work on what is that I say. So I'm like, come on, concentrate. Yeah. Yesterday I was like, come on, you get really distracted when we're reading and I need you to concentrate what's on the page so that we can get through the reading. She's like, oh, I can't help myself. Can't, you know, I can't control it. So that's what I was trying to explain to her. You can control yourself. I know at school you can control yourself. But this is something that we have to work on. But, so yeah, it's like, they're not our objects. We're here to give equip them with the tools. We're here to teach them and guide them. And at the same time, they're teaching and guiding us. So like, she's been teaching me that my time management is not good. Because if I'd have just if I get her at the bath on time and start our bedtime routine on time, I'll have more me time. Yeah. Um, she's teaching me patience because she's not on my time. I'm on her time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> she does. They live
0: timelessly. Yeah. Live so no timelessly concept of well. time. I always say it because None. my girl will tell a story like it was yesterday and it happened five years ago. <laughs> Everything to my eldest happened yesterday. I'm like, babe, that didn't happen happen yesterday. (laughs) That happened two years ago. She's like, same thing. In her mind, it must be the same thing. I can guarantee, I can tell you, (laughs) it's not the same thing, but okay. So, yeah, I just think, though, as well, I have to say that it's beautiful, the mother that you've became, because I know your story and where you come from. And if there's anything, I know I say, I know I praise you a lot, but I have to publicly (laughs) let you know and give you your flowers that, You're a beautiful example of coming from a traumatic childhood and Ah. and growing up and becoming a mother to a child and giving them everything that you didn't get when you were a child and completely turning that around and breaking the cycle. And you could have very easily got caught up in the cycle, Leah. You could have stayed in that toxic relationship. You could have gone into all sorts and... Zunika could not have been a priority for you Um, but you didn't you broke the cycle and especially when I thought of doing this platform and talking to other mums and letting them share their story you are one of the first people I thought of because honestly and I always and in the first episode when I spoke about a friend who was um, yeah I know you heard it I was talking about (laughs) a friend that was only 24 and you've got so much wisdom you really have you really 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 have um it was you that I was talking about and I
1: didn't want to be big
0: headed you see (laughs) at times you raised yourself earlier so you know honestly never let that mom guilt get you down because as we're going to go on to the last topic is you're studying and pursuing a career whilst you know, doing this on your own and raising Nico in the most gentle and conscious way. So just, I wanted to discuss how are you finding the balance between studying and pursuing a career and having that motivation whilst balancing being a mother?
1: To be honest, it Don't has say you're been, not balancing
0: it, because you are.
1: <laughs> it has been... It's been wild. It's yeah. been really, really, really wild because naturally while you're doing a degree you go through phases of being motivated and not being motivated and you know you might fall behind here and there and you know sometimes you're getting catch up but it's it has been really difficult to kind of do that whilst being a mum, running a household working a full-time job because I, I, work, I still work full-time and degree is completely full-time as well so everything has just been full-on for so long and i feel like i definitely have kind of survived by living predominantly in the fight-or-flight mode because if I was in rest and store too much, I just know things wouldn't get done. I am kind of... I have consistently been in this kind of state of, like, oh, oh, mm. um, And I know it has impacted my parenting because at times, you know, there's not always... You know, I haven't been cooking fresh meals yeah. five days a week, seven days a week. Sometimes it is a quick oven food and this, and other because I just physically don't have the time or capacity...
0: Yeah.
1: To drop and he to school in the morning. I'm at uni until four. I pick him up at five from school. Come home like before we know it, he's age and stuff. And it's like I can't be putting
0: in the mutton on to cook. Like yeah, I, his, a ain't nobody so. cooking mutton Monday to Friday, earlier Anyway, you know what I
1: mean? <laughs> I, I know, I know, definitely. I think, like I said, it's part of that. It's like those limiting beliefs that I thought I'd be like, you know, cooking fresh food every single day it's for the my kids.
0: Expectations that you put on yourself. Know.
1: I know but um, I have definitely moved away from that a lot now um, like with the help of you guys you know kind of letting me know like you do realise like nobody does that yes. especially somebody that's not doing a degree as well sort
0: of thing I'm not even working um, right it. now and sometimes she gets her oven food so honestly yeah, don't stress
1: oven food. let's be real though oven food slaps like, sometimes it tastes good <laughs> when you're ready, you're ready I mean it's not like it sometimes it tastes real good um, back to uni yeah it has been really difficult and you know sometimes like the other day I picked up my laptop and Ziniko rolled his eyes and I was like what and he was like you're picking up your laptop again mommy and I was like I'm just mm. going to put it away but thanks to letting me know that's how you feel yeah. like I feel great now you two no, really are like, like an old you're... married
0: couple what
1: the hell <laughs> <laughs> I, was just like, I was just going to put it away Zinico and he's like you oh, I thought you was going to do some work again mommy and he kind of that was the first honest conversation that we had that he really doesn't like it when I do work and I've now obviously made I've also have been having to like make sacrifice of so I'll start the uni work once he's gone to bed.
0: Yeah. But then you know, you know you've other got to things. Stay up
1: late then. Other things have lapsed like but then I also have to be conscious of am I gonna get enough sleep? And I think it's a constant battle of reviewing the situation yeah. and picking out the most important part of the whole situation that day. Is called the most important part of that day? Is my assignment the most important part of that day? Yeah. Am I the most important part of that day? Or is it the household that's the most important? And just doing that each and every day sort of thing and still, in, even if it's for five minutes, just spend that little five minutes with Zineko asking him how his day was at school, maybe playing with some of his toys with him, but also letting him know this has to be short and sweet because I'm um, so thinly spread across... Life at the moment.
0: This is what I say about you being wise. That is such a you've given me a gem there. That is such a good way of thinking about every day you wake up. Okay, what is going to be the priority of this day? What is the most important part of this day? So, you know, say for instance, I woke up today. I know Leana's got homework. Okay, that means this evening I need to make sure everything's running time because a large chunk of my evening perhaps I won't get me time is going to be spent with my child or you know Skylar's teething she didn't have a good amount of sleep she's going to be cranky she's going to need me more physically today and really just that quick review in the morning okay what is the priority so then you're setting your expectations and you're not trying to do everything at once because I feel like it's the number one fail us mothers do is we're trying to do everything at once and yeah funnily enough being in a relationship this time and having a baby with someone and still being and, and living in that household has shown me more than ever the importance of that and realising that I can't be this person that does it all. And no. I shouldn't be trying to be someone who could do it all. You can't. It's not physically possible.
1: And I think it just sets our kids up to fail because they see us yep. spinning all of these plates. They're going to think when they're older, they've got to spin all these plates and we know all too well, especially not if we don't trust them. to them. It's yeah. not how healthy way of living. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And I keep on failing, but you can't see it as a child. And they're going to mm. grow up thinking, oh, mum did it or dad did it. Why can't I do it? And they're going to feel like a failure ultimately, but it's something that we just never expressed to them. That yeah. was never sustainable anyways. So it is about just being honest about this is the one thing that I can focus on today. And, like, I always wake up in the morning and set an intention for the day. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know, like, today I intend to spend time with Zineco. Today I intend to be productive with my assignments. But it's really just being honest with yourself that it's just, it's and it's not necessary. But also never forgetting you. Don't forget to have that. Today I intend to put myself first and, and prioritise so how many my of those help. days,
0: Aaliyah, are you, is, are you the priority that's the question. Because as soon as you said it, in my head, I thought, mm, I wonder how many of those days Aliyah wakes up and says, Elia's the priority today. It's probably not many, is it?
1: No, it's probably
0: one, one a day month? a
1: week. <laughs> one day a month, yeah.
0: <laughs> Try to <But>, guess me. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I was like, but, but I do sometimes when I feel like my body is, because with me, mental, my mental health, physically shows up in my body yes if i don't i that's I like everybody but
0: they just don't realize
1: yeah. it yeah i like to ignore the fact of how busy my brain is mm. and i then i will never ignore the physical signs because i know i'm on stage two of burnout and if i don't do something there and then i will be on stage three which is in bed unable to get out and able to go to work yeah. which i won't do to myself again i think i've done that to myself twice that myself out so bad i physically have been unable to attend work sort of thing and I just know I'm not going to do that to myself again because I'm trying to do better and the universe will keep tripping me up mm-hmm. and keep making me fall until I learn that lesson and I do feel like I've like started learn that lesson now and I'm more capable of acknowledging stage two and that is when I will slow things down and I will do a bit more of a nourishing evening routine and maybe not do the assignment I thought I was going to do but not beat myself up either about not doing what I intended that day. Because if things do take a left or a right, just kind of going with have that. To go with the flow. In, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just not being so I think because I did struggle with having stability as a child, mm-hmm. I was trying to like make everything as stable as possible, mm-hmm. stabilise my house, stabilize my child, stabilize my mental health. And with doing all of that I realised I was actually kind of being almost like controlling the narcissistic myself mm-hmm. in a way. Like Telling myself I have to be this way and I have to do that. And if I don't do that, I'm not good enough or I'm not, I've not done what I should have done. But instead of just taking all of that away and just saying, whatever I do today is enough. And I'm just going to let the universe and life t- do its thing. And I'm just going to plot along behind it and do whatever I need to do rather than really like
0: it's, beat myself
1: up about things.
0: It's such a profound realization because I've had the same thing over the last couple of months. Um, I know we had different experiences but from my childhood trauma I did grow up with a real control freak tendency and again, my partner was a mirror held up the mirror and was like you being a control freak and it's not because I want to be in control of everything It's I've been scrambling all these years to have control of everything so to me, controlling my environment is keeping me safe because I was (coughs) unsafe because things things are happening to me out of my control so then you grow up as a way to protect yourself is trying to control everything but actually you have to come to that realization that you're not that child anymore that is not happening to you anymore you have to heal from that experience that you can see actually life is about flow things aren't always going to go it's not your plan you're not living your plan you know, whether you be, you know yeah. I'm not I'm not particularly religious, I'm spiritual, but I would still say God's plan. You're not you're not living yeah. your plan, you live in God's plan. So, you know, it actually exhausts and depletes you trying to control everything, and that's why my mental health has always been driven into the ground and I lived in fight or flight for so long. Um, and that's because you're desperately trying to control everything and that's why nothing was working out because you can't control these things all you can control in this life is yourself and so you have to work on the way that you handle process um and react to things because that ultimately creates your life experience um so it is beautiful to come to that realization isn't it because you then start to enjoy life
1: and you do start to live in that kind of wrestling at all, and you do realise how that you have the same amount of time, but yet you get so much more done because you're not scrambling, like yes. you said, that's my perfect analogy, you're not scrambling anymore, so you've got the same amount of time, but yet you just feel so much more fulfilled when you are, because like the last couple of weeks, I've really kind of almost made myself into a state of panic with how relaxed I am with everything because I've got a lot going on with my assignments pending in terms of that. I'm very close to qualification. And I've really just felt in this kind of sense of peace from everything, despite all the chaos. I feel like I'm that one kid in the war ground that's just not really seeing the war sort of thing. And I think as that has come to that, as I've come to that kind of place, Been a lot more calmer which is definitely giving you like mental clarity as well which enables you you to get
0: yeah it just enables you to get what you need to get done like uh, because we're not in our own heads about it yeah it took me such a long time to realize actually all that panicking and stressing prevents you from doing what you need to get done anyway and it's energetically depleting you so you're then physically tired but all you've done
1: is thought about it but And the thoughts were a lot bigger than Nothing's the even happened.
0: Actions. Nothing's even happened. Well, you're exhausted because in your mind, a thousand things happened, or you're yeah. anticipating a thousand things happening. When not yeah. one of those things has happened yet. And it's even like, yeah. I'm really, I say I'm a really clumsy person, but sometimes my partner will be like, I've just been watching you. And the reason why you just dropped that and spilt that and did that is because you're hurrying. He's like, why are you in such a hurry? What what are you yeah. hurrying to do? These times, all I'm doing reason. is making breakfast for the kids. Yeah like what wh- why are you rushing
1: um
0: yeah. so yeah it's it's wild but I feel like that's why I feel like when you become a mother it's the birth of your spiritual journey yeah like, massively because I feel like even when I know that back then I thought I knew things spiritually it's a whole different yeah. ball game and but that's not to say that people who don't have children are not but you would have to actively go on that spiritual journey. Yeah. But I just feel like there's something about when you have a child, you're forced into that, into that yeah. spiritual journey. And if you don't go on it, that's when, you know, I, I feel like that's where we go wrong as parents because you're uh. not in tune to yourself. Therefore you won't be in tune to your children and then all you will be doing is offloading and imposing onto those kids and, because you've got no awareness, uh,
1: and also seeking out you know, like emotional support from them. Yeah, they, they then yeah. start to feel like they, you know, was it like a, a, measurement a measurement or something? Like when, yeah, when they become like in this kind of roller in your support system, yeah, because you're so unhealed and so hurt, yeah. sort of thing, and they're so not at that time because. Uh, They're sponges. The children and the protected sponges,
0: they soak up everything. So when you are not doing the work and you're just blindly um you're 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 not there's just something about being in tune to what you're doing. And you have to be very intentional as parents. Yes, to their experiences you're providing and the type of person parent that you are being because we really underestimate how that forms that little human because yeah. they become an adult with whatever wounds you passed on to them and will never protect them or stop them from ever going through things but I feel like we get lost in this um, notion that we have to give up on ourselves as mothers and just devote ourselves to our children and have no identity outside of that. And it's really the worst possible thing you could do. Yeah.
1: It does so much more harm than good because what are we teaching our children to become when they become parents, if they decide to become parents, that mm. they should completely lose themselves? So, mm. yeah, I think it's definitely it takes a strong woman to really fight for themselves when they become a mom. I think, and it takes an even stronger woman to uh, acknowledge when they are losing themselves and try and think how can I kind of rein this back in how can I figure this out again sort of thing it it might take multiple failed attempts of trying to not lose yourself when you become a mum especially when you become a first time mum but that's okay because it's that's how life is and every time you fail at doing something or you know not losing yourself you're just like one step closer to the ultimate success of Mm. being who you're at your truest self Mm. sort of thing so um I would just say, like, yeah, just never fret all of those things because in time it all, it all just figures itself out with a little bit of intention.
0: Mm-hmm. And I can't wait for you to graduate because you're going to be the best nurse and you are setting such a good example. Like, yes, he may be tired of the laptop right now, um, <laughs> but he's going to grow up and be like, rah, my mum did that. Do you know what I mean? So, honestly, even when you feel discouraged and you like, these assignments are destroying my life like you're doing something so beautiful and worthwhile and you should be really proud of yourself um i did an access course when Leana was maybe like one and a half or two and i was like yo god damn assignments now nah. uh needless to say you know I, I finished the course but we didn't go on to doing anything else with that but um so <laughs> i really 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 commend you because it is a lot i mean it's a lot working with a child, let alone having to have that brain power to study. So honestly, I think you're amazing. So just to finish, um, what's one piece of advice, knowing all that you know now, that you would give to a new or expectant mother? Um,
1: definitely don't go against your own gut feeling. If you have a gut feeling, despite what anybody says, despite what a thousand people say, Go with what your gut is telling you, because people are going to say, oh, you know, I've done this ten times over, and I've done this five times over, and they're going to tell you what they know, but they're only inflicted their knowledge, and they can only know what they know, not what is true and not what is right. But you as a mother to a child, or father to a child, you are going to know, because that is a product of you. Those atoms, the fibres of their being, their shit existence is all through you. So who better to know what a child needs when they can't advocate for themselves than the human being that created it in the first place, carried it for nine months. If you don't think there's going to be a spiritual or much bigger uh, connection that isn't like, can't be seen by the naked eye, just let me tell you that there is there is something so much bigger than what us humans can fathom when it comes to a connection between the child and the parent. So definitely just go with what you think. And um, as your child gets older, I would always say the best advice a parent can ever get is from a child. We're all children, we're all children once. It's not always that a, a mother to a mother can give you the best advice. A person that's a teenager, say that your 16-year-old cousin has got some, a little gem for you. Like at the end of the day, that 17-year-old was once a child and who better to learn of how to care for children and love children than children themselves. So I don't think it takes a mum to give advice. I think it takes a human being.
0: 'cause we've all wanted to be a child. Oh, I absolutely love, love, love that. Oh, Aaliyah, you've been so <laughs> amazing, honestly. That gem is so amazing. Um and I know you've said it to me before in regards to it's true, it's it's not just moms and it opens the possibility to me not just speaking to moms but I know yeah. of the initial creation with this was for us to be able to hold space for each other. So I know that mum's listening that can relate to you. Um, honestly, you've done a beautiful job of sharing yourself with them. So I, I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Especially when I know how busy you are with assignments and everything for fitting yeah. me in to have this conversation. I really, really appreciate it. This is just some, definitely an
1: opportunity that I wasn't going to miss. myself. I feel truly humbled that you ever even thought of me and that we've been able to sit down today and actually do this so I'm really excited to listen back to it as well and I hope all the listeners enjoy it as well definitely Mm, thank you you're welcome